Alright everybody, welcome back to another fabulous episode of The Crown and Spear. I am your host, Stephen Litchfield, and this is my co-host, Gary Litchfield. And we have a fabulous show for you, and like always, always. I don't know what we're going to talk about. (laughs) You don't? No, I don't. Oh man, you got to start coming to those board meetings. I know. Well, you know what they say about board meetings, they are boring. They are, but it helps know where you're going when you have those meetings. Oh well. Not that we've had one yet, but... Uh-oh, there he goes sipping his drink again. Oh, yeah. You going to get choked this time? Not, not this time. You've learned how to, I am to a, drink your I am a professional doing. drinking out of my little cup. There we go. You got it. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, what do you have for us today? Well, I thought I'd talk a little bit about tree houses. Oh, I like tree houses. Yeah. Have you ever thought about living in one? Actually, I have. I, I have, uh, not to throw you off topic. Go for it. Which I like to do. Um... I have always dreamt about having a uh, artificial tree built, like a massive, large tree. Have you ever seen like that tree, like in uh, the Magic Kingdom yeah. or where it was called? Yes. The one they, I think they call it the Living Tree or something. Something like it's that. It's this massive artificial tree that they built. Mm-hmm. I've always thought it'd be cool to have some big artificial tree like that, and you'd have like these little structures, like little. Like house structures, almost like a Swiss Family Family Robinson type of thing. It's easy for you to say. Yeah, I know. Throughout the whole thing and inside the the building and all that kind of. I, I always thought that'd be cool to live in something like that. That does sound interesting. I, you know, now you think about it, and especially with technology today, they can make the whole thing actually look like a tree, and it'd be metal or whatever else. Yeah. Uh, solid structure. Now you have to have all the, um, you know, modern day creature uh you know comforts and all that kind of stuff absolutely definitely got to have a bathroom in there bathroom more than one heating and air yes yeah of course if you're up in a tree you open the windows you get a lot of air yeah probably a good breeze too probably but it'd be cool to have something like that you need air conditioning because i imagine it would get warm probably summer days Mm -hmm. okay well that'd be cool yeah i've thought it before you know we got a couple of really big trees here on our property that would be interesting to have a tree built into or a tree house built into the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got one that's just right out our window here. I can see the leaves of it. And then down the hill and up the other side of the hill a little bit, we have about two acres of ground here. On the back 40. Yes, on the back 40. Uh, we call it the back 40, and it's only two acres altogether. But they're a fair amount of distance apart. But I always thought it'd be cool to have one on each one with a bridge that goes between it. And while I think that's cool... I am afraid of heights, and I'd probably be afraid to walk across it. <laughs> so that's why God invented harnesses. True. That yeah. would probably be a good idea. We could zip over. A zip line from one house <laughs> to the other. That's right. <laughs> hey, come on over and visit me. Just a minute. Click. Uh, We'd have to have two of them, so you got downhill yeah, both you directions. Have, yeah, you have to have a way back. <laughs> Is that you got to pull and pull? And, and I'm not doing that. I'm going to have to have someone else pulling right. for me. Even in all my fears of heights, I did go on a zip line once many years ago, mm-hmm. and it was pretty high up. I've always wanted to do it, but I've never been anywhere that um, it was either I didn't have the money right then to do it, right. or I was in some area where, you know. Well, you know, you're, you're fastened into a harness that you can't get out of, and then you're hooked to a cable. All you do is sit down, and away you go. And it was rather fun, of course, running. Yeah. To the hill on the other side trying to stop was a little clumsy. So he has another one of those points where you need a camera and say, look at Litchfield as he crashes into the mountain. It was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Anyway, to talk about tree houses some, I always thought it'd be fun to 
to have one to play in. As a kid, we had one, my brothers and I, that mm-hmm. we liked to uh, play in. But, um, you know, there, there's... Was, was this back in Maryland? Well, we lived in Maryland, but we had some property near Winchester, Virginia. Oh, so we're going, we're going back to the, back the cabin. In yes, the in, cabin in Winchester. In Winchester, okay. Yes, same place from where we had that adventure the last time. Yeah, with the whole snake Which, situation. by the way, you asked me, and I looked up Winchester, and it got named after Winchester, England. Oh, so not the people? No, it was named after well, Winchester, what if, the, what if the people, you know, like the gun and all, got named after the location? They may have. Who knows? I didn't look them up. <laughs> There we go off on a side road again. I know. Uh, but anyway, there were a few TV shows a few years ago. They still play reruns oh, yeah. of uh, Tree Houses. Do they not have new episodes on? I have no idea. We haven't watched it in a long time. We, I mean, we used to like binge watch or like you know watch almost re- religiously every yes. week. Well, sometimes they'd come on whatever channel it was, and they'd play it on Sunday one after the other. And so Sunday afternoon, we'd sit and just watch one and the mm-hmm. next one. They'd keep on going but anyhow uh i seem to remember one of them uh, in fact you looked it up was uh treehouse masters and a guy named pete was the head of it they had some pretty fantastic tree houses Mm -hmm. they they really goofy he was he was a tree hugger literally he'd walk up and hug the tree for the show yeah and he talked to the trees too i remember yes trees have to talk back though you know Anyway, uh, I, I remember the, the fascination of watching them build the tree houses, and uh, many of them they had like a set of steps that you went up to. It was kind of easy to get up into. Um, and again, you know, with my fear of heights, I don't know how well I could do depending on how high the tree was up there. Some of them, depending on where they were, they were built low enough you could just barely walk under them, and some of them were 20, 30 feet up in the tree. There was this one where they um, manufactured like a, an elevator type thing, kind of. A, yes. They, there was even one was like a, a bike. Yes, you pedal the you bike. You pedaled and it and raised you up. I don't know if I would want somebody to do that else, myself. Somebody else had built that, and Pete went to visit the guy. I remember that. That was pretty cool. That's true, but still, yeah. He still had his elevator to get up into the yeah. treehouse. That that sounds like fun, but again, you know, fear heights as you're going up, up, up. It's like yeah, out of here, you know. I'm I'm not good on those things, but anyway. But back in the day, when I was a kid, you know, we we had a tree house when we uh, went up to the the place there in Winchester, mm-hmm. and uh, the first we had two of them actually, one until it kind of fell apart, and then we built another one, which we'll get back to all that later on. Remind me if I forget to bring that back up, but the uh, the first tree house. Uh, I've got three brothers, but it was the older brother usually was off working or something when the other rest of us went up there. Was he not married at this point? No, not yet. Um, but then the other two brothers, which one is four years older than me and the other one's four years older well, than him. Well, speaking of, what's your brother's names? The, well, the oldest one is Harry. Uh-huh. And uh, then the next one down is Bob. Mm-hmm. Which another interesting thing there about Bob, he'll kill me if he watches this at one time, but his name is Robert John Litchfield, but we always called him Bob or Bobby. And so when he was a little boy, now I don't remember this because he was older than me, but my parents would tell the story. They'd asked him to tell his name to somebody. Instead of saying Robert John, he would say, I'm Bobby Robert John. That was just an interesting little kids do. Yeah, but anyway, I was going to say like, what's wrong with uh, Robert? But then you went into all that. Well, uh, you know, what? But you you didn't say what was the last one? uh, We had Harry, then Bob, then Ken. Okay, then Ken. And uh, so this was Bob and Ken and I. 
that had many adventures up there uh, together. And again, you know, like I said, four years between me and one, and next four more years up, so eight between me and the older one. Um, but uh, we we decided one day we were going to build us a treehouse. Mm-hmm. And so the process we thought we would go through is we were going to look around and try to find uh, four trees that were grouped somewhat close together that we could kind of build the treehouse connecting the four trees. And as, Sounds like a good structure. Well, yeah. Uh, again, uh, I don't remember the exact dimensions, but we had two lots in this area side by side. And um, that, as I remember, they were like, I don't know, 85 feet wide and 100 and something deep. I don't remember what it was, 130, 140 deep or something like that. It could have been 160. I don't remember. Anyway, we had two of those side by side. And we began searching our property, trying to find trees that we could uh, build this treehouse on and, Mm -hmm. you know, be adventurous as we did it. And so we looked and looked and looked and could not find four treehouses, I mean, four trees that would form a square. Let me get a drink there. That we could uh, fit that thing together. Um, So lo and behold, we, we finally found... Three trees mm-hmm. that uh, fit that. That got a little graphic that I. Well, before we go too far to, uh, to this graphic, because this is going to be very exciting, people. You want to stay tuned for this. Absolutely. You don't um, want to miss it. Let's take our first break and we'll be right back after that break, people. Okay. All right. Be right back. Dun, dun. Hi, folks. Gary with the Crown and Spear. We're at the Elkin Farmer's Market, and I thought we'd show you some of our stuff. Here we are with some of my walking sticks and carved tops. We have a variety of bowls that are turned or handmade and pyography, Santa Clauses. That's a copy of a church that I worked at at one time. Birdhouses. And there's Steve's book. Some more of our things. And as we come around, there's your other host, Steve. And here we go to this side. We have some bottle toppers, little houses, boxes, cottonwood bark houses, other signs, and then my bigger signs. Some of you have already seen these on part of the other shows, but there's a few other ones that come along with it. And we hope you continue watching. Talk to you later. All right, everybody. We are back from our break, and uh, Gary is going to continue his story about his treehouse. You had a graphic? Yes, I have a graphic. Um, let's hopefully it'll come up here behind us when I click this button. And of course, it didn't do it. There it goes. Gotta love technology. Now, can't, I mean, this is, I worked at least 10 minutes on putting this thing together so that people could uh, see my idea of what it was. You're talking about the graphic. The graphic, yes. Yeah, not the, uh, the, the uh, tree house. Yeah. We found three trees that I pulled off the internet here and put them in ratio to each other, kind of, you know, on a triangle. We wanted a rectangular. Now, if you could just picture, this is out in the middle of woods and there are trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot, a lot, a lot of trees out there. And so um, 
we finally found these three that were, were sitting there together like that, but we wanted a fourth. Mm-hmm. So being uh, engineers, I guess you could say, we went out and got a uh, axe and we cut down another tree and we stuck it right there. Mm-hmm. We uh, cut it down from another spot. We dug a hole fairly deep. I think we had a post hole digger actually. We dug down a few feet, stuck it in there, packed rocks around it and sticks and dirt until it got fairly sturdy. And so that became our four trees. And then... The ingenious thing that my brother came up with, and we labored on this thing for days, uh, we took some other trees that a lot of them were either down already or some of them we could cut down. And trees probably about, oh, three, four inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would cut those down, and then my brother would take a, a hatchet, hit it into the center of that tree, and then I'd hold the hatchet and pull, and he would beat it with uh, an axe, or we had another big uh, ha- uh, axe or something that he'd beat it with, and we split the trees in half. Ah, okay. And then we would take those two halves, the flat side up and the round side down, and we'd put them around the tree and uh, on the Florida tree and the walls of the tree so that it would look something like that. Wow. Isn't that cool? We had a whole grid here at the bottom. That was for stability okay. purposes. So that was for stability. Where, where's the floor? Where's that well, I didn't floor? put the floor in there. I oh, was well. busy trying to just get the tree together. Uh-huh. So we had our three main trees. We had our post. These were all split rails on the side. And there's gaps in mine here. But in the actual tree house, they butted up against each other so that they were there. And then there were also this grid work down here at the bottom that uh-huh. you could actually easily from the ground climb up onto that and stand on that there was a floor inside here with a corner that was cut out right there in this corner okay and then you could crawl through that and get up into the treehouse oh. and so it took quite a bit of work splitting okay. and putting it up there and nailing and and uh, putting this whole thing together mm-hmm. and then we used it as kids do a fort oh yeah we gotta have a fort yes you know before guns and things were evil we would get um, pine cones and they became hand grenades. I got to love pinecone hand grenades. Don't you know? They were lovely. Yeah. And then we would also find pieces of limbs from trees that were broken off. And it would be like a straight piece of tree with a branch that was coming off hanging out the bottom there. And that became a rifle. Or your machine gun. Or machine or gun. Your whatever, imagination. Whatever wherever, you want it to be. Wherever your imagination would take exactly. you. Exactly. And so we would get up there and hide out in the woods. And somebody would be up there. And we'd throw the pine cones at each other. And... Pretend we were army men shooting at each other from our fortress up there and uh, play up there for hours at a time. But then the fateful thing happened. One day we got bored of playing that way and we got up inside the treehouse and we're just As kids do. sitting around. And as I remember it, Bob was laying on the base over here on this side. Mm-hmm. And Ken was over here in this corner, leaning against the back, you know, to say, sit down with your hands around your legs. Mm -hmm. And I was standing right about here where that hole is there. And uh, we were all talking. What can we do? Anybody got any ideas? You know, was it always a hole or did you have any type of uh, way to close it off? No, just the hole. Just the hole. Okay. And uh, so we're all standing there and we're talking and, and trying to figure out what to do. And nobody had any good ideas. 
And after a period of time of back and forth, back and forth, and nobody having any ideas, Bob, who was laying over here, uh, looked over at Ken and said, Hey, I got an idea. Why don't we just tie Gary up and throw him over the side? At which time, as a little kid, I had a little bit of a temper. And uh, <laughs> don't even go there. <laughs> I've worked on that greatly over the years. Much better than I used to be. Okay. Anyway. Uh, I would have hate to meet you as a little kid. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, standing there next to that hole, I picked up my foot and went to stomp it to say no. And as I said no and stomped down, my foot hit that hole and right through and landed on one of these two. I don't remember exactly which one it was. Mm. Right across my stomach. Uh, and then just kind of curled over, hit the ground. And when I did that, it knocked the wind out of me, and I couldn't breathe. Yeah, I bet it did. Which scared the fire out of my brothers. <laughs> and they come jumping up and jumped at it real quick, picked me up, and tried to get me to breathe because I'm kind of like, uh, 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 you know, how you go when you get the wind knocked out now, of you. Now, when they reached you and turned you over and checked and see if you're okay and everything, you should have said in your little still small voice at the time, that's what you get. Well, couldn't even get anything out of my mouth at that time. And so uh, Bob, like I said, he was eight years older. He grabbed me up, picked me up, and there was a path that went up this way to our cabin, which was over here, and uh, got inside. Of course, my parents had a fit with them, saying they were going to throw me over the side and me getting hurt. And, you know, it took some little discipline area there for my and, dad. And you were uh, mama's favorite, weren't you? No. But it it it, it was... <laughs> It was my mother's father that I was the favorite of. That's where the temper came in from um, him. Okay. So anyway, but that was a, a rather interesting perspective of uh, having fun and it turning bad mm -hmm. because of having a little bit of a temper. And so as I thought about it, you know, people can get mad over the least little things and get angry. It's very true. And uh, with that anger can come disastrous things like falling out of a treehouse and landing over a railing at the bottom. And uh, it can be rather tough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so as I thought about that some, uh, I thought, you know, folks today have a tendency to get very angry quickly over things that happen. And they need to learn to let things slide a little bit and not just get them so overly agitated right away. Mm -hmm. um, and so it made me think about a Bible verse, which I will go ahead and show here now if it comes on up as it should. Out of Psalm 15.1, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And that's an important verse. It tells us about controlling ourselves some. We don't have a tendency to always control ourselves. Uh, there was a time, much later on uh, in life, and you'll probably remember this, uh, we were in Andrews, North Carolina, and we had a youth center in town that multiple churches worked together on called The Rock. The Rock. Mm -hmm. You remember that? I remember originally it was going to be called The Eagle's Nest. Yes, and you had drawn a fantastic I, yeah. image for that. But then, uh, you know, when you think about it, didn't Hitler have a, a house called The Eagle's Nest? There was something like that, I think. That could so it's probably a good reason why we went with the rock. Yeah. So there was somebody on the board that, for some reason, didn't like the concept of the eagle's nest, even though we were in the mountains and eagles were a cool thing. Yes. And Sometime I'll have to show you that picture. Maybe if I can find it, I'll do an overlay, there and you, you can see it. If not, then you won't. Then I won't. <laughs> but anyway, back to the story. Um, 
different ones of us who were on the board uh, would take turns being in charge at the Rock on a given weekend mm -hmm. and uh, just monitor kids. And we had a, a nice sized room. We had Christian music playing. Sometimes we'd have snacks. Uh, we had a couple of ping pong tables, and somebody had given us a pool table, mm -hmm. and we had some board games and stuff like that. For the there kids. were some video games, and they video were all games. like you know GPG type of yeah, just games. very simple old school ones that yeah. you know this was years ago now. I think it was like an N sixty four at the time, so that's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while, yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, we were I was down there, and I was in charge. And uh, watching around, doing things. And we had rules. I mean, uh -huh. you know, trying to be a, a good place for kids to come and have a safe haven for them to come and have fun. Mm -hmm. uh, we had some rules that they had to follow. And there was this young boy, and I don't think he was more than about 12. Well, before we get to who this young boy is, uh -huh. leave it a slight mystery for all our listeners. Is we commercial are, time We again? are going to take our uh, next break. Uh, and after that, we will get back to our story. So everybody, hold on. Don't go anywhere. You don't and want to miss the rest of this. And we'll be right back. All right, everybody, I'm glad you're back. And I'm glad I have your ear for you for, uh, for a moment. Okay. If you haven't already, go to uh, Amazon.com and get you... My book here, see it has my name down there, Love for Christmas. They are flying off the shelves. People love them. It's great. Get your copy. And um, if you want a signed copy, uh, shoot us an email. Somehow we'll figure out how to get you a signed copy. You'll have to go to thecrownandspear at gmail.com. And uh, also check out the merch shop. Uh, if you just uh, go on Google. Type in St. Life Entertainment. You should either find the link either through Facebook, Instagram, or you might even go through Spreadshirt and find it that way. But we got all sorts of cool merch on there, and I'm even working on getting some uh, more merch through even a, another shop. So be looking for that. And we're back. Okay, to continue our story about the uh, youth center called The Rock, you were talking about a particular individual? Yeah, there was this young boy, maybe 12 years old or so, and he uh, he had a rough life. He His mother had left him. Uh, his grandmother raised him. She was old and couldn't do a lot, and the kid became a troubled kid. Mm -hmm. And we really, really tried to work with him a lot. But this particular night, he was really getting out of hand. He was using some awfully filthy language that we would not allow yeah that was against the rules at the rock at the rock yes and then he got to where he started picking on some of the girls and hitting at them and i finally had had enough after giving him multiple chances and talking to to where i told him he had to leave mm -hmm. it was just no couldn't stay any longer that night he had to leave which really ticked him off and i said i'm i'm done i said either you call your grandmother have her come pick you up or i'll have to call the police and they'll take you home and uh, so anyway, he finally did call his grandmother, and uh, she came, and we stood out in front of the building. It was right on Main Street in this little town, and uh, she came, and he got in the car, and of course, he tells her he didn't do a thing wrong, and I was just a mean guy who wanted to get rid of him, and she started cussing me and yelling and hollering, and of course, and what I would do at that point, because I no longer was getting angry like I did as a youth, um, I would just stand there and say, yes, ma'am, you have a great day and y'all need to move along. 
And she continued to cuss me out and say other mean and nasty things. And I simply again to her said, ma'am, you either need to move along or we will have to call the police to have you all removed. Mm -hmm. And she finally did leave. The interesting thing that happened with that is several of the kids who were standing there, they were like, Mr. Lishfield, how could you stay so calm? I'd have cussed her out myself. You know, I said, well, you know, where would that get us? What good would it do to escalate this if we both started yelling at each other? I said, we had the right to send him home. We sent him home and he left and now we're back to normal. And so we had a, a way of getting back it to where it ought to be. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me up to another principle. Um, in the Bible, it talks about the fact that uh, folks who are in leadership, and in a sense, it really talks to everybody, not just pastors and elders of churches, but uh, leaders of households, fathers and folks who you know were in places of authority, things that they should have as characteristics of their life. And another passage that comes in uh, out of Titus, uh, there's another passage similar to it in uh, Timothy, mm-hmm. but I picked the one out of Titus. And it says, for an overseer, uh, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. And when I shared that with some of those kids and tried to explain to them what you needed to do in situations like that, rather than blowing up, causing a bigger scene and more trouble, you had to work on some of the things that are here, like being above reproach, you know, not being quick tempered. Uh, don't let it just, you know, fly off the handle like I did in the treehouse. When as soon as they said we're going to tie Gary up through him, I was like, no, slam my foot down and whoo. Right down right through that hole I went. Right you went. And uh, and then the other one here is self-controlled. Mm-hmm. Folks today need to learn to control themselves, to get themselves in a place where so they true. can, you know, make themselves stay under control, not to blow up, not to get angry, not yeah. to go. I mean, not to, you know, get political or anything, but it's especially in this day and age, people get way too emotional, too angry, too fast, and want to take their frustrations out by, you know, destruction. Well, you think of all the things that have gone on this past summer with groups that got together and literally went in and destroyed buildings in a town, busted their windows, stole their property, uh, because they got angry over another situation and rather staying self-controlled and calm. People who had nothing to do with the entire situation lost their building, their property, their stock that was in the stores. Some of them lost their own lives. Some of, yeah, and and you know, people destroyed their own community. They and and I'm all for um, you know, again, not to get political or anything. I'm all for protesting and uh, letting your in voice be heard. Way. But there's a proper way to do it. Well, and you did that as a baby one time. You were in a protest as a baby. <laughs> yes, we uh, there was an abortion clinic. And, no, we won't go. <laughs> There was an abortion clinic, and we were protesting the fact that they shouldn't be there. And um, you were a tiny tyke in, in a roller or stroller, and we walked by with some signs saying that they should save So you were using life. me as a prop. That's we what did, you're... absolutely. You were one of the ones we saved. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, speaking of this, these verses, you know, something that it reminds me of, I think it was uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt who said the old phrase, um, speak. speak softly and carry a big stick. 
And I think about, you know, with this whole what we're talking about, um, as Christians, we should be uh, calmly uh, talking to people, even in maybe hostile situations. But instead of necessarily a big stick, what we got is the Bible. Absolutely. That, that's our big stick. That's our, our sword, our shield, everything. Um, people need to get back to that. There was a time when our country was mostly at least claiming to be Christians. Yeah. Uh, it has departed from that. Uh, again, uh, trying to stay non-political, but, you know, taking prayer and things out of school, taking Bible reading out of school, uh, things have escalated there, gotten worse. I, I had a thing this past week that I, somebody put on Facebook where back in the day, like when I was a kid, and I'm, you know, only 67 years old, um, but back when I was a kid, literally you could take the Sears and Roebuck catalog and order a semi-automatic rifle, pay for it by check, and it would be mailed to your house. Today, it's hard to even get a gun, and they're trying to put more and more regulations on them, mm-hmm. what you can do, what you can't do. And you know, the, and as the person put in that article, it wasn't the, the guns have not changed. It's people's intentions and their attitudes. And if it goes back to our verse we started out with, a soft answer turns away wrath and people have no concept of giving a soft answer today it's like i don't like you so i'm just going to pull the gun and shoot you mm-hmm. uh there was a thing on the news this morning that just downtown new york somebody pulled out a gun and shot three people including a little girl that the police scooped up their arms and ran off to a meet up with an ambulance and you know they all turned out okay but uh people just don't know how to have a soft answer mm-hmm. and figure out a way to talk things out and calmly work through things, and yet today there's a lot of violence and there's and people being shot. Now, I'm not against guns. I mean, I'm a concealed carry holder myself. Uh, rarely go anywhere without a gun. But I have never shot anybody. Uh, but if somebody comes after me, I will protect me and my family mm-hmm. um, just to be safe. So and I hope you never have to shoot anybody. I don't want to. Don't ever want to do it. Mm-hmm. But and, and most responsible people with guns... That's how they feel. They hope that they right. never have to pull that gun out in any situation. As far as I know, and I, I remember hearing a statistic one time, that in every one of the shootings that have gone on, it's somebody who got a gun, most of them illegally. They were not concealed carry people who have gone through training, know how to do it, know how to give a soft answer. They know how to do, as in the uh, other verse that was there, be self-controlled, as it is down here, not quick-tempered. And they didn't have problems years ago, and they don't have problems today. It's some people today who can't control themselves, can't follow the rules, and think, well, I'm just going to have my way. It's my way or the highway, and so you won't do what I do. I'll shoot you. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty bad. Yeah. All right. Um, we're getting close to the end of our show today. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add to that? Well, I think we ought to pray again. At oh, the that's end. that's a good idea. We, we, we kind of we kind of got to do that last week. I am so sorry, people. We kind of got out of sync on a couple of things last week. Yeah, and it, it kind of slipped up on us and we missed it. But oh. uh, I'm sure God will forgive us. Absolutely, um, He is a forgiving God. So, uh, how about let's go, go ahead and go to our prayer. All right, Father, we thank you for uh, allowing us to be here with everybody again today, and for the group that's watching us. Uh, Father, we we think about how quick tempered so many people are today and they're they're afraid to actually sit down and try to talk things out 
and solve it more peacefully. And so we pray for your spirit to come down upon particularly our nation. The other nations would be good too, but that you would help to calm attitudes and actions and get people to think through things. And Father, if it's any way that we can get people back to the Bible so that they can understand your word and what your word says about relationships and how things are done and uh, to do it properly and to have some good leadership. So we thank you for that, uh, that people may consider you as one to follow. Uh, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I want to do, uh, what, what are you about to say? I was going to say, do you going to mention about Santa again? I was literally about to say that. Yep, see, minds thinking alike. So a quick reminder to everybody, we still have our competition going. This is, I don't know if you can see it that well on our little camera, uh, but this is a carving. It's a Santa carving. I know it's not Christmas, but hey, it's still a really cool carving. Um, but our competition, for those who don't know, is uh, you need to go to our email, um, thecrownandspear at gmail.com, and hopefully I'll have an overlay that'll, uh, you know, so you can see what it is. Anyways, uh, if you go on there, Leave your name and the keywords of win carving, and uh, you'll be entered into the competition to win the carving. Now, the way you win is on YouTube, we got to reach a thousand subscribers. So, if you want to win, you also, you know, behooves you to subscribe, <laughs> get all your friends to subscribe, share, get all your, share, share, get all your enemies to subscribe. You know, you, you might know, do them some good. It may do them some good. Uh, so when we <laughs> hit a thousand subscribers, we will go through our list because we are cataloging everybody who is sending it in, and it's great all the people who are sending in their messages. Uh, we're cataloging the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and once we hit a thousand subscribers, we're going to take them all, jumble them all up together, and we're going to randomly pick someone's name, and whoever we pick is going to win this awesome carving, and you want to win it, so you got to put your name in, you got to subscribe, uh, it'd be great if you hit that like button and smash that notification bell, leave us a comment, all that good stuff. Um, also, I want to say thank you to everybody who wished me a happy birthday. It was my birthday this past week. It was. Yeah. Getting old. I, yeah, I'm getting old. I'm saying how old I am. Um, and uh, do you have anything else you want to add? Real quick? That's pretty much it, I think. We, okay. We've wrapped everything up All today. right. All right, for everybody here at the Crown and Spear, I am your host Stephen Litchfield, and this is my co-host Gary Litchfield. And we will catch you next time. All right, everybody, goodbye. <laughs> Those guys—they think they're so great with their amazing words. Wait until I come after them. <laughs>